Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. I'm Danny, and we are back. We, we're going to have a missions weekend one before the conference, but we are actually having a missions weekend uh, podcast today. A little bit on the fly. We kind of realized that we could do it. Lawrence was out of town, and we're... So Lawrence, we're, we're grieving with you, and, and we love you, and uh, Thanks, we're here guys. for you. So as as many of you know, his, his father passed away recently. So, But we're thankful for this past weekend, and I had we had Lawrence, Ben, and James in the house. So we're all here, and we all were part of Missions Weekend, so we're just going to share a little bit. But they don't even know what the icebreaker is, because I literally just wrote these questions. So mm-hmm. the icebreaker is, if you could visit any country right now and couple of y'all have younger kids so like not with your kids just like you get a week you get a week of amazing babysitting like the best babysitting ever that's a game changer and it's all free where would you go and you can only go to one country so james you're you don't have any kids so you're this could actually become a reality for you in a week but not for us us (laughs) uh yeah well if it's all free i think Right now, we're at the end of February. I think I would want to go to the Swiss Alps or maybe somewhere in like Albania area, north of Iran, some mountainous area and go skiing for a week. That sounds like a blast. But skiing on like real mountains, like Sugar Mountain's nice, but Mm -hmm. that it's Why are you ripping on North Carolina? (laughs) I like... It's not real mountain. I'm kidding. Okay. I would say Italy... It's the first thing that comes to my mind. Just I've had some friends visit, and they rave about it. Get some good pizza, you know, Lake Como, all that good stuff. Let's go. Wow, that's a tough question. Um, I've never been to South America, hmm. okay. so I might do something like um, maybe Brazil. Hmm. It'd be summer there now, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Summertime there. Yeah. So I'll go with Brazil. Okay. That'll be fun. Nice. All right, I think for me, probably Italy. Eric, mm. If, I mean, if Erica's going with me, if I went to Italy without Erica, like, <laughs> I think she'd be upset. Like, we'd have some kind of Lawrence would be in your office with, for counseling. All right, guys, so. Lawrence talk. <laughs> so yeah, I think Italy. I've heard a lot of things, and that one's a little bit of a cheating question because I heard that it has so many regions and and stuff. So it kind of covers a lot of the a wide gamut of of activities you could do. But yeah. All right. So for the first one is, so we had this weekend. How did you feel? Um, I know Lawrence and James were kind of in charge of the overall um, program and then Ben did a seminar. But yeah, just 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 some thoughts, initial thoughts on Friday night and our folks and those that God, you know, that, that we love and serve across the around the world. Yeah. Waypoint. We had an incredible weekend, and I just want to say, James, you did a great job organizing and putting together. You did a wonderful job at the weekend, but it was a wonderful weekend of celebrating, hearing the heartbeat of God, and really celebrating together as a church body what it means to be on mission together. As I loved every bit of the weekend, can I just say, though, that hearing a video, watching a video of our people who are in different locations cross-culturally sharing the gospel, um, using their gifts, their talents, what... Um, in, in strategic manner to share the love of God with others, that's so powerful to me. I mean, every single time when I see them, I'm reminded again, pray for them. I'm reminded again mm-hmm. that they're who, part of who we are, that we are part of what they're doing. And I'm so encouraged at the fact that God uses imperfect, normal people to do incredible work. So I just love mm-hmm. watching the video of our people all around the world. 
James, how about you? What did you process as you... Yeah. I, mean, I knew you did a lot of logistics, so you're probably recovering from sleep and... and uh, yeah. I, I think overall, I was really encouraged. I felt like the people that did presentations, I was just really thankful for the time that they put in. They did an incredible job of uh, leading the people who were present in thinking critically and thoughtfully about how to follow Jesus in various situations. Uh, they were really interesting topics, and that was really wonderful. Uh, this is a little bit of a dwell pitch because uh, we're hoping to launch. But one thing I noted, this may be actually a deterrent for some people, um, but one thing I noted is, hopefully it's not a deterrent, hopefully it'll be an exciting thing, is that of the people that we've sent out from Waypoint to do international work, seven out of the 10 of them, maybe six out of the 10 of them were participants in the dwell program at some point. Why don't you explain to us what dwell is? Give me your one minute elevator pitch of what dwell is and how someone could, could think about joining this program. Definitely. Yeah. Dwell is a specific incarnational ministry opportunity. Uh, So the dwell lifestyle is really for everybody. I love how, uh, Caleb Thompson put it in one of the videos that he did. He said, the idea is just be friends with your neighbors and then talk to them about Jesus, which you can do anywhere. But the Dwell, but the Dwell program. program is really oriented towards college students, people that are in grad school, and really transitioning. Recent grads. Recent grads, yeah. Transitioning into adulthood. Um, we've had some people that had young kids in the past, but really learning what does it look like to follow Jesus in the real world. Uh, those who have a passion for justice, a passion for sharing Jesus. And to do that amongst immigrant communities, specifically, we'll be working amongst communities that a lot of from South America and then a lot of refugee communities. And just to let you move into the neighborhood, live in the same apartment complex that they live in, and just become friends with people, share meals with people. And the five tenets are we eat together, we pray together, we serve together and we read the Bible together. And really the the baseline responsibility is like, we're going to get together, we're going to eat once a week. And during that time of eating with each other, we're going to spend time in prayer for our community and for the people that we're seeking to serve that they might know Jesus. So somebody might end up putting in a couple hours a week. Some people have might do more than that, but it's basically you have a regular nine to five job or, or any job, mm-hmm. and then you live in an apartment complex with some believers, and yeah. you're unified in purpose and and just praying for the community and yeah. loving loving your neighbors and seeing what God does. So is that kind yeah? Of I and even like putting in a couple of hours. I don't always think of like eating a meal with friends as mm-hmm. like putting in hours, uh, but that eating a meal and and praying with friends is sort of the baseline and. Some people, that's what they did. Like when I was doing it, I was a teacher. It was my first year. I only did 12. I was doing like 12-hour days, and then I came home, Mm. and I went to sleep. Uh, But having that richness of getting together and just connecting over a meal and praying for people was so good. We've had nurses, same deal. Like they're doing night shifts, and it was hard. Then other people that were starting programs and having kids ministry and things like that and being more involved because they had more capacity. Um and then others that didn't have capacity but were involved because they felt the Lord was leading them to do both. 
So what you're saying is there's an opportunity to serve right here in the Triangle Absolutely. The program. We're going to be sharing, rolling that out and sharing more about that in the weeks to come. Yeah. All right, Ben, as someone who's never done overseas missions but has done a lot of domestic evangelism and just like living life with college students, loving them, you know, who's been part of a, a, a large parachurch ministry, and this is your second one of these at Waypoint, or was this your first one? This is my uh, second. Second. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, just observations, thoughts, Friday night, hearing about missions, thinking about loving the world and bringing Christ-like justice everywhere we go and sharing the good news and hard places that we're called to. Yeah. What are, what are some of your initial thoughts? I'm encouraged that we as a church do this because I think it's one of those things we can talk about, right, that we value missions, value the nations, but... Practically speaking, for some churches, it can kind of, you know, be put your money where your mouth is type thing. Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just encouraged that, you know, like one of our plumb lines here, every member a missionary. And I just, I think something like this weekend and like the different, you know, seminars even that we had on Saturday really do equip all of our members to, hey, you can do this. You know, mm-hmm. you can be a part of God's mission. We can help you be, you know, equipped to do that. And we can help point you to, so many different areas of passion or interest or even countries that you get excited about. So overall, I'm just really encouraged that this is kind of a culture setter, I feel like, of Waypoint is, hey, this is who we are. It's a value. It's a priority. We're going to get child care. We're going to organize food. We're going to jump through all the logistics because it's it's a value. It's a priority. Um, so I'm just thankful for that, and I think it helps create a healthy culture of we do actually value this. You, you brought up a statement that we say at Waypoint. I want to challenge Pastor Lawrence and mm-hmm. say, because some people who we, we admire, some pastors and others say, don't say every member a missionary. Okay. That's a bad, there's even like articles yeah. on major Christian websites telling people not to do that. And, and Pastor Lawrence, tell us why you believe that it's, it's the right, it, you understand the essence of what they're saying, but the essence of what we believe at Waypoint, why it's an okay statement for us to say. Yeah, for us, when we say every member of missionary, what we mean by that is we believe every member is on mission. That There's no such thing as kind of riding the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by riding the bench doesn't mean that you're always um, on call all the time. It means that we're all part of the game. That God's called us to a mission, called us to a purpose. He's never called us to just like, oh, um, welcome to the family, don't do anything. Or mm-hmm. those guys... Do that, yeah. The, we, the, the special yeah. people are the missionaries. Mm-hmm. No, we believe that we're all called to missions. Now, some mm-hmm. people are called cross culturally, some people are cro- called across the globe, some people are, are called across the street. Mm-hmm. But we're all called to do whatever the gifts, whatever God's given us to share to, to advance the kingdom. We're mm-hmm. all kingdom advancers, we're all ambassadors, mm-hmm. we're all instruments of reconciliation. Um, that's who we are, and I thank God for that purpose He's given us. You know, he's given us such dignity and such purpose. And um, that's why we say every member is a missionary at Waypoint. All right. So we had some seminars this weekend, and we <coughs> talked about business as mission. We talked about uh, kind of having a missional family. Ben did a, a continuation of the everyday evangelism that Caleb Anthony and I did last year, kind of just a different perspective, continuing on in that theme. And then Rachel Mack, who works for World Relief, really shared how we could be intentional with a few laws that are stuck in our u.s legal system that everybody agrees are common sense laws that we could move forward with so we we chose a group of uh y'all chose kind of a wide variety of things that would could help each each person each family grow and and uh 
and some some opportunities to take a next step. So what are, what are your thoughts in, on these? So uh, I hope people can get this. The people who've, who've attended these breakout sessions, who attended Waypoint Academies in the past, will understand that these are opportunities for our people to grow in knowledge, to hear from other experienced voices. It doesn't mean they're better voices, but just different experiences, and to be better equipped to live out the Christian life faithfully. Mm-hmm. These are not pat yourselves on the back type things. This is not just boosting ourselves up, but these are very intentional um, theology or practical training. Like in Ben's class, Ben was very intentional about saying, you know, we want to give you the tools for the two belt. Mm-hmm. We want you to be ready to have a defense for the joy that's in your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we want you to know how to share the gospel when people don't know how to sh- the gospel. Uh, in family, in the family um, missions one. It was so cool to see how Eric Underwood and Trace just didn't say they had all the answers, but they wanted to spark discussions. What could it look like? You know, what does it mean to be a family that's on mission together? Rachel just shared us what what does it mean to be an advocate? You know? And and Lee shared us, you know, that he wasn't some extraordinary business person, but just somebody who's faithfully saying yes to everything God's called him to do. And these sessions, these times of us learning and it's just all to help us grow, help us to be on mission together. And so I love these these times. But Waypoint Church, if I can say anything, take advantage of these times. Go to the Waypoint Academies. Go to breakout trainings. I go mean, to the forums. Go to yeah. the forums that we have. You know, these are, I mean, these are valuable. These are, and honestly, I'll just be real with you, it, these are priceless. And if there's topics that y'all are on your hearts, Email us and let us know. Now, we may not be able to do everything, or we may com- merge a few ideas into one. You know, if, if they're all generally related to parenting, we might have one forum that covers three or four ideas. But let us know your hurts. Let us know your struggles. Let us know the things you're struggling with theologically or emotionally or in the community. And we want to set up... a like a Waypoint Academy, which is a little more structured class type setting, or a forum where we might bring in an expert from the outside who sparks an idea, and then we get at tables and divide people up in the room according to their life circumstances. If you have younger kids, sit at this table. If you have high school kids, sit at this table. Or if you're single, you know, do this. Or if you're empty nesters, do this. But we, we want to set up these opportunities at missions weekends, at Waypoint Academy, at men's and women's retreats, at you know, throughout the year to help y'all grow and to put you in communities where you can start asking questions and even just dialoguing with your brothers and sisters who are also trying to live out the Christian life. Any other thoughts from Ben or James? Ben, you actually led one and, and James, you kind of, you know, were the one who recruited all of them and kind of organized them. Any final thoughts on this weekend particularly or an encouragement to the congregation? Sure. Yeah. I mean, in my session, I, the goal for mine was to help people feel equipped and excited to share the gospel. And I think about the Ephesians 4 passage where Paul talks about, and he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And again, just that being a, a heartbeat of, we, we don't want it to just be, hey, here's this incredible vision, and you know if you're not doing it, you should feel bad. But you know obviously we do need to do vision, but we also need to do and here's how you do it, you know, mm-hmm. and can we actually equip you to do it, right? That's what Paul is getting at there in Ephesians. So, um, yeah, I just, I think, like, that's certainly something that we as a church leadership have 
a heart for and a burden for is we, we want you guys to feel equipped. We want to help train, and I hope anyone that went to my session feels a little bit more equipped to go and have spiritual conversations with people in their sphere of influence. And um, But certainly, no, that's, that's why we do everything that we do, is we want you guys to have the vision and have the skills in order to live out the Christian life together and all the myriad topics that we, we wrestle with on a daily basis. And Peter did record uh, the Everyday Evangelism session, mm-hmm. the uh, Family Missional Living, and the uh, Rachel Max uh, World Relief kind of a few things, some advocacy for refugees that's that you could immediately do and, and hopefully be part of bringing some justice and some closure to some of these loose ends that are really affecting refugees. So if you're interested in any of those videos, and if you're interested just in the specifics of each of those, you, you could just ask James and he could, you know, if there was an outline or something, he could send that to you. And, and particularly from the one about the advocacy for refugees, I was in that one. And, you know, it's just some real practical things that we could do to uh, fight for Christ-like justice and some, there's just some snags that are happening that, just some common sense legislation that would really move help this whole situation move forward. Yeah, so that was the seminars. And then Sunday we did something unique. We've had prayer services at Waypoint before. Hmm. We've definitely had them. We had a couple of, when on the New Year's Eve time when the Sunday is in between Christmas and, and uh, New Year's. And we mostly pray through Psalms. We pray as a congregation. But this one was unique because we prayed for some very specific... Uh, situations around the world all linked to folks where we have waypoint people are directly connected to and then we also just prayed for the global church and prayed for god to move and then we and then it shifted into how can god move in our own hearts and what's he calling us to so speaking a little of that just how you felt the service you know being even though we were part of the organizers of it we also were participating in it so what did God teach you as you were participating? Not really in the organization, but more in the participation. Yeah, I think I think for me, one, I was sort of just in the space, and in, in those moments I sometimes have a sense of waiting for God to do something dramatic, send me to China or something. Uh, but I think I, I found the Lord speaking to me almost in a sense of like, hey, some of these things that you're doing, I want you to keep doing them. But also in a sense of wanting... No, we've we've talked a lot on staff, and I've actually um, talked with some people, some congregants about just the nature, how easy it is to feel guilty when opportunities are presented to us. And there's so much good out there that we can do. Um, and to, to have this sense of like, oh, I need to keep doing and do more and do more and do more. And what does it look like to, to hear the voice of God? And I was just reflecting on, on George Mueller and one of the steps that I took that afternoon. So George Mueller has, he, we're doing experiencing God in men's Bible study and he gives these steps. George Mueller's a missionary from 150 years ago or something. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know. Who yeah, Mueller and is. wrote some books on prayer. But he was talking about, like, how do I hear the voice, know what to do? And the first step that he did, he's like, nine-tenths of the problem is getting our heart into a situation where we're open 
to what God might be asking us to do hmm. and to to hear to being open to God's will and putting aside my own will. And so I think for me, one of the steps coming out of that was sort of opening my hands and just trying to to set aside my will. And I think in, in my job, at least at Waypoint, oftentimes my will looks a lot like godly things uh, because my job is to help with missions and develop missional strategies and things like that. And so I can put like the God stamp on almost everything that I try and do. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that's where the Lord is leading. And so one of the steps for me was just going out and saying like, Lord, what actually, I want to strip myself away from the things that I want to do and be open to your leadership and be open to listening. Uh, and that, that was, I think, a really hard thing for me. I went up on the hill near my house and just was like sitting. Um, and then the Lord led my wife and I through just a beautiful, beautiful time of thankfulness. And we didn't even really get to like, well, we sort of got to like, what is the Lord leading us to do potentially? But before that, we were just reflecting on how thankful we were for how God has blessed us. Uh, I was sort of joking. I was like, you know, we've lived the prosperity gospel life mm -hmm. in the sense that he's enriched us with layer on layer on layer of blessing to know him more, to connect with each other deeply, um, to strengthen our marriage in this in our first year of marriage, um, to be connected to friends and close to friends and just so many things and decisions we made a year ago that we didn't realize Every time we pull back a layer, there's like more of the goodness of God. Wow. And I, I was just reflecting on- All this on, happened in 24 hours? Sorry. All, all this happened in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. We're recording uh, this on Monday at like three o'clock. So All this happened in 24 hours. And I was just so, I don't know, I was reflecting on, I forget exactly what the verse is, but it was like, there's so much of thanksgiving and so much of before you do stuff or in the midst of, of praying- do so in thanksgiving. And I was reflecting on that and how enriching that was to my life. Thanks, Jesus. Um, and being excited now for the opportunity mm -hmm. to follow God and where he might lead us. All right. Now, I know y'all probably didn't have that much yeah. pondering in between now and then. But any, <laughs> how did, yeah, did anything God laid upon your heart during the actual worship service or as you went home and, and thought about it and processed? You know, it's one of those things that my wife and I have been praying for the nations and that's something that's been on our heart for our whole relationship but it's still so easy to forget mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I mean we know I, I work at a church and I forget and uh, I just it's easy to stay within your own little world your own little sphere of life mm. you know and it's so easy to get caught up in a little thing and forget that you're part of a bigger picture you're part of a bigger plan. You're part of a grander scheme. You're part of an incredible story. And so that's one of the things that I really appreciate is that one of the things that prayer does, it opens your heart. It, it, it makes you more like Jesus. It, 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 it moves in mighty ways. But also what it does, it, it opens your eyes to see God's bigger plan. It opens your eyes. You know, and that this service for us, especially my wife and I, it just reminded us again. You know, that for some reason, God uses us. For some reason, we get to be a part of his big plan. For some reason, we get to be his instruments of redemption. Hmm. And so it just moves us. It re-inspires us. It, there's no, it's not a move of guilt for us. 
You know, it's it's a move of like, wow, thank you. I get like you were saying gratitude. Hmm. Yeah, I would say for me, it, it is just uh, kind of similar, just uh, jostles you a little bit, and like you know, I I think I was telling Lacey, you know, for me to get to the church I work at, it's like less than ten minute drive, and I think I pass, you know, four churches, <laughs> you know, before I get mm-hmm. here, type thing. Um, now, you know, they all might have different beliefs, whatever, but I still pass four churches. Um, and just reflecting on the different videos we saw of how so many places in the world, I mean, that, you know, it just would be a ludicrous thought that you would pass four churches within hmm. my three-mile drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so so really, most of those places have much more people than mm-hmm. we have. <laughs> yeah, like, These right. are big cities with, mm-hmm. filled with people. So I think for me it was just a good reminder of, the world is so much bigger than America and the South, and there is such mm-hmm. a great need, and we really are in just such a unique place in our country and history where, again, you can you, you could go to 100 different churches probably within 30 minutes from your house, mm-hmm. and that's just very interesting that mm-hmm. we live in that time frame. Yeah. I think for me, I James and I kind of worked on the preparing the service because Lawrence was, was gone and during the week. And as I was looking at different passages, kind of seeing God's heart for the world, Hmm. we picked Psalm 98, Psalm 46, and uh, the passage in Matthew uh, 12, where he quotes Isaiah. And then we, and I just think in all of those, it just talks about God is, God was, all the Isaiah passage and the, the Psalms, those were written 600 and 1,000 years before Jesus. And God has always been doing something. He's always like, the mm. be still and know I, God, I am God passage is about trusting God with him moving in the world. I think mm. that's one of the most famous passages in the Christian church, but a lot of people personalize that and forget that that has yeah. a... Like, we can trust him even in evangelism. We can, even tr- we can trust him in these things. Like we're called to go, we're called to do, we're called to plant churches, we're called to do justice and mercy in every city we go to. We want a Christian person, and we want Christians and a local church to be everywhere in the world. So that way when someone's hurting, they can find someone to talk to and hear the hope that is found only in Jesus. That's, That's our goal. But then also these Psalms and this Isaiah really reminds us that it's... We have a task, but we also have a God that's doing something, and he's moving mm. in history, and we're working. To, there's a tension. It's not all on our shoulders, mm. but it's not like we just don't sit back and do nothing. Like He's allowing us to be a part of it, and he's building his church. So I, I think that for me, what hit me most, other than the North Korea video, which just mm. made me weep, mm. like going along with what you said, Ben, that there's just a lot of people around the world who don't have churches. Mm. I think what hit me most is that God's like, keep doing, keep fighting for justice in North Korea, keep planting mm-hmm. churches, keep, you know, have, putting people in politics to fight evil regimes and all these things, helping cease wars. Hmm. At the same time, trust me, be still and, and know that hmm. you can't do everything. Like ultimately, God, we're, we're joining God in this mission. So I think that's kind of where I landed was it was a combination of kind of the, the different passages and the... Uh, <coughs> That North Korea video, really. Because we can't do anything in North Korea. Literally, we can't. Hmm. If I were to go there tomorrow and plant a church, they'd kill me. You know, hmm. you know, like, that's just the... There's no other option. Or they throw me in jail for life. And I think 
that I can pray and I can trust and I can pray for those brothers and sisters who are there and I can pray for a regime change. And mm -hmm. I mean, we were earnestly praying our little group, my little family, or I was leading the prayer. I was like, God, stop this evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think without the Psalm 46, I'd feel defeated. Like I don't have a prayer, mm. but I have a prayer. I have a hope. Mm. So that's, that's kind of where I landed. All right, next thing, we're going to talk a little bit about next steps. We're going to end with this. Like, so we challenge people with the next steps, but we also, Lawrence said, maybe your next step is just keep doing the good things that you're doing. Like some of you, four years ago at one of these things, <laughs> heard about foster care and you started doing it. And now you're, you're doing that. Mm. So mm -hmm. you don't need to do foster care and now move to Japan to be a missionary. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, so for many of you, this conference is keep doing the good things you're doing. For some of you, it might be, hey, I, I'm at a new phase of life and I need to add, I need to explore opportunities. So I just want to say from each of your perspectives, all of you provide kind of thinking about this a little differently. Like how would you challenge people in the next steps with the heart that this isn't guilt driven, this is kind of God opening doors and we want to walk alongside you as a local church to help you see what doors God might be opening. And if he closes the door, that's okay. You're not a failure. He closed the door and he's going to have a different missional opportunity for you to do, a different opportunity for you to love and serve others. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things I hope out of this time comes from this, uh, comes a desire to do the will of God. You know, like comes a desire yeah. to be like, God, I want to be used by you because it's it's a better state to be in. It's 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 a purpose. It's so much more than living just for the American dream or being caught in a life of no purpose. The purpose of, of God's kingdom advancing is so much bigger and so much better. So out of that desire then to say, God, I want to be used by you, I want purposeful living for you, then you just open your hands and, and honestly in a posture of prayer with your family and say, God, what are you calling me to do? You know, and so I would often say for you, if you're called to this church, I would, I would say, what has God already called you in life to do? Hmm. Where are you working? You know, what church do you attend? What's your small group do? Uh, where are your children at? Look at the normal rhythms of your of your life now and say, what has God already called you to do? And see what see how he might be using that to call you further to something else or something along those lines, if that makes sense. So most of the time, for most Christians, it's just living faithful lives. You're saying in the the ordinary life that you have, there's going to be tons of outreach opportunities, tons of opportunities to love, love others just in your everyday spheres. But it's, I mean, it's like kind of, you're saying kind of coming in yeah, with open hands. I, I believe looking. God, God is sovereign. He's placed you in the community group you're in. He's placed you in the, the, the neighborhood you're in right now, the work that you're in, the schools mm -hmm. that you're in. What are you doing with the, with the, that calling? He's placed you in there. You know, living in this mm -hmm. place where God called you. Now, he might be calling you elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, he God might be then talking on your heart and saying, hey, how about Gambia? How about Malaysia? How about Dwell? How about this? And that's great. And I think we should respond to that as well. Mm -hmm. But for, for most of us, he's already called us to a specific place. He's already, you've already bought your house or you've already moved into your neighborhood. You already have your job that you're established in. Mm -hmm. Your kids are already going your to that school. Your kids already go to that school. These soccer parents exactly, are, you see all exactly. the time. So then look around and say, God, well then, okay, wow, there's that parent that that I talked to at, at the soccer game and I can usually go into my car and sit there or I can build a conversation and a relationship. Mm -hmm. There's that guy that works out you know, at, the, at the gym with me. 
You know, maybe that person needs to talk about Jesus. I can build a, a form of relationship with that person. You know, there's that work, person that I work with. Mm-hmm. There's so many places where we start off right where God's called you first mm-hmm. and then see where else God is calling you. Yeah, and Ben, any thoughts on this particularly related to kind of the everyday evangelism? I know at Waypoint we definitely, the men's and women's events, not all of them, but many of them are easy things to invite a friend or a neighbor to. We mm-hmm. kind of... We have events scattered throughout the year. We have the trunk retreat, even Easter Sunday this year. You know, you could invite a neighbor to. We have a meal afterward. Um, it's not going to be shocking for people to, to go to an Easter service and have their kids go to an acorn or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but any thoughts on that, Ben? Just kind of how people can live their normal everyday lives and think about not guilt driven evangelism. Like, I got to immediately, every time I meet with someone, sure. I got to get to the. This this spiel or this pitch, but just kind of a lifestyle of that. Yeah. So an acronym that I used in my training, I had two, but one that I think is particularly helpful is spells bless. So it's B is begin with prayer. L is listen to them. E is eat with them. The first S is serve them. And the last S is share your story. And not that ministry is formulaic or evangelism is formulaic, but that does help me. And I think it helps others where it can feel like, oh my gosh, I need to share the gospel with this person. How could I ever do that? This helps break it down a little bit of, mm-hmm. well, hold on just a second. Maybe for the first two weeks, just pray for them. That's, and that's it. You don't need to feel mm-hmm. bad. You don't need to feel guilty. You just need to pray. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you prayed. Maybe just talk to them. Just listen to them. And again, it's not this, oh my gosh, I haven't told them about the resurrection and how it, mm-hmm. you know, connects to Genesis 3. It's like, <laughs> well, have you just prayed for them? Have you listened to them? And like, like kind, of, kind of like what you were saying, Danny, like of take the pressure off of yourself a little bit. Take the long game here. Like, you know, especially if it is like, for example, your neighbor. It's like, Lord willing, you're going to be there a while. They're going to be there a while. Like, it's okay if this is a process. Mm-hmm. So my encouragement for a next step would just be, what's well, just something you can start doing? And it literally might be. Who's two people you want to pray for? Just start there and then go to the next step, you know, but you can just start there. Hmm. And James, any, obviously you and Tony are at a phase where you're kind of like considering, should we move overseas? Should we, you you just finished grad school. She's kind of done with grad school. Y'all are at a, a new phase of life. So you're one of the folks who's settled here, but could easily pick up and go. So what are, what, what are you thinking and what's your advice to those who, Maybe God might be calling them to leave their present situation and, and move on to, to, to something. And how, do you, how, are you, how are you all personally discerning that? And how could you share with others that, yeah, to help them see that it's, it's a good thing to, to process it, to trust God with it. It's not like, God told me to go. I'm going. Yeah. I don't care what anyone else says. Yeah, I... I think one thing for me, I'm reminded of a story that my dad used to tell me when he first was praying. He he was praying the verse which says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into the harvest. And so he was praying through that verse, and the Lord sort of tapped on his shoulder and asked him, for context, my parents are missionaries in the Congo. And they've been there for 30-plus years. Yeah, and they've been in Burkina Faso in the Congo for 30-plus years. And so... um, at this point, my dad was studying biology at the University of Miami um, and just loved Jesus deeply and was spending time with him 
and taps on his shoulder and is like, what if you're the answer to this prayer that you're praying? Um, and I think I, w- I would encourage people to be really in tune with your emotions in those types of situations. In my dad's case, he realized, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere. I'm willing to do anything, except I really don't want to go to Africa. I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> And I, I think it's really important. It, it's easy in those situations to feel really like guilty about that or even maybe to avoid it. Um, sometimes God's call in our lives can be scary. And so I just really encourage people, be in tune with those things. Yeah. And let that be a space. In my dad's case, he said, you know, that that's really sad to me. The fact that I feel this way is disturbing to me because that's not how I want to live my life. And so he spent the next months, and it, it took months, praying that the Lord would change his heart. Um, and he got to the end of that time, and the Lord did change his heart um, to where he was open. And then the Lord did call him to Africa. And and he would say now that that has been such a, a beautiful and good thing. Um, he met my mom, who had felt called to not called. She just really wanted to do it. She was excited about missions. Um, some lady was like, well, look, baby, this is a missionary woman that was in WMU. She said, the devil didn't put that thought in your mind. Um, <laughs> but I think just really seek to be in tune with your emotions. And for some, you're going to be like really excited. For me, if the Lord called me overseas, that would be exciting to me. But for some, maybe that's super anxiety producing. I was like, I, that feels overwhelming. And I think just let that be a conversation with the Lord. I, I The Lord is kind. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mentioned the prosperity gospel earlier, right? Like the context for that is like we moved into the house we're in after losing $15,000 on a bad house deal, <laughs> right? So it's, it's not like the popularist version of a prosperity gospel, but it's like I experienced the Lord's kindness. Um, and I just encourage people to really – it can be really difficult to trust the Lord's kindness in these things and trust that he's good and trust with my children. Think about like Erica – sorry, Eric and Sarah Weiner and like their kids have had trouble transitioning and that can be hard. Um, and I just – I reflect on Isaiah 40. Uh, I think it's verse 11. Where it says he tends his flock like a shepherd. Speaking of God, he gathers the lambs in his arms. Um, he holds them close to his heart and he gently leads those who have young. And it is, I think, sometimes hard. The situations where I feel the need to be held by God are not often pleasant situations. Mm -hmm. And yet I have not ever regretted the times where the Lord has held me and I've experienced his gentle leadership. Uh, And so I, I would just encourage people to be in tune with your emotions and let that your emotions, whether it's fear or anxiety or excitement or adventure, whatever it is, let that be an opportunity for conversation with the Lord um, and see where he goes from there because he wants us to act not out of like guilt or out of obligation, but out of an intimate, loving relationship with him uh, Mm -hmm. because he's good Mm -hmm. and he invites us to be part of his work. Thanks, James. And yeah, piggybacking off that. So James really gives us an idea of like how you begin to like talk to God. 
But if you feel called to take the next step, we'll put you in the right thing. Well, if you've never lived overseas, you're going to probably have to meet with me and I'm going to set you up with an English conversation partner so you can learn to begin crossing cultures. You might go on a mm-hmm. short-term trip, one of the short-term trips we have. We, we weren't, we're not just going to, you're going to say like, I don't know, I feel called to go somewhere and then like four months later, you're on a plane. We work with agencies. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we do all the things that, that we can learn from mistakes of the past and good things of the past mm-hmm. to help send people to places where they will thrive. If you go somewhere and you you think you're going for five years and you're only there for a year and a half, you're not a failure. You know, it's just that's what God called you to for that season. Some people who are like, I'm just going to be there for a year have been there for 30 years. Hmm. So we've seen God do all kinds of different things in these in these more what you call dedicated missionary work. But we don't want any of you to fear even asking the question, Hmm. like coming to us and saying, hey, I might be interested in Gambia. I might be interested in Malaysia. You know, I'm a medical student or whatever, and I heard in West Africa there's always need for doctors. Mm. We're not going to be like, okay, you're on, you know, you're on the plane <laughs> next month. We're going to be like, well, let's have a dialogue. Let's see what, hmm. how God's wired you. Let's, yeah. how, what's your family situation like? What's your, you know, and is there a team? We never would send anybody somewhere without a team, you mm-hmm. know. So if you're interested in this or you want to take the next step, come talk to us. We have tons of people at Waypoint who have done all kinds of different parachurch and church-based ministries from here in the triangle to around the world so we want to help you take that next step but we also want it to be you having this dialogue with god and then you also talking to people brothers and sisters who can encourage you and, and help guide you and nudge you we don't want to be withhold god's zeal for you but we also want to nudge you and push you in the right direction so you can thrive and really built his kingdom where he has you. Yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful thing right now as a family, as a community. If God's moving in your heart, we want to support you in it. So we have stuff like Dwell, which, or you could be a refugee, a good neighbor team. You could be an international student. You could be a language partner. Um, you can work and volunteer at World Relief or Samaritan's Health. You can um, receive training. You can work with college students. You can work with... Um, so many different situations and we want you to be a part of it we have a few trips coming up we have a trip to Malaysia coming up we have a trip to Dominican coming up mm-hmm. we invite you to come be a part of what, what God's doing here and explore further what God's calling you to yeah any final words of encouragement or thoughts for the congregation well we'll read the same passage we ended with on Sunday. It says, look at my servant. This is talking about Jesus. Isaiah wrote this 600 years before Jesus was born, and Matthew puts it right in the center of his gospel. It says, look at my servant whom I I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of all the world and this is sandwiched right in the middle of the gospels the gospel starts with this proclamation you know the birth of jesus and it goes back to abraham and it ends with the great commission and right in the middle is this promise that jesus in his suffering in his lowness in his humility is the one who's going to overcome the world and in his name Hmm. is the hope and we get to be part of that matthew puts this here because he wants us to join in that that's the good news that we're a part of so thanks y'all for listening thanks for coming out uh again like lawrence said when we have further opportunities don't be afraid to ask ask about a trip ask about these outreach opportunities 
come to the forums, come to Waypoint Academy, learn, grow with us as we love the triangle and love the nations. Thanks, y'all. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Amen. Okay,